What second-year NFC receiver might be beginning his breakout campaign this weekend? Should you dare deploy the rocky hands of Eric Ebron in your starting lineup in week four? And we play a would-you-rather with Josh Gordon at what could be his Patriots debut. Plus, Joe Parrish and Mike Graber, who own the second and 12th place teams and the Football Guys Players Championship, hang out with us to talk about taking a stand with the Packers' backfield. Whether Ricky Seals-Jones and Christian Kirk are about to see their value spike with Josh Rosen and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people were dominant, lived life slow. Where laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed her. Looked round good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old Thank you so down. much, Rob. Greetings and salutations. All of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is, of course, the patron saint of fantasy football, you know him as the Dizzle, his name is Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, why a broken back is apparently more harmful to Batman than Jay Ajayi, how many roster spots do you need to soak into the Bucks quarterback position, and more, plus the team owners of the second and 12th place squads in the Football Guys Players Championship, Joe Parrish and Mike Graber, drop in to tell you whether they're deploying Kenny Stills over Mike Williams on Sunday, Juju Smith-Schuster versus Antonio Brown the rest of the way, and a whole lot of other great FFPC fantasy football topics. Shout out to the chat room right now, all of you. Feel free to post any questions you guys might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, Dave is at David Gerzak. I am at Eric Balkman. The show is at HSFFHour. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFFHour. 347-426-3682 is the phone number. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for us, for Joe, for Mike. Now's the time to send them in. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will be collecting all of those as we get into fantasy feedback coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour on the show. Uh, I want to remind everybody, if you have not checked out the latest edition of the High Stakes Lowdown, Check it out, blogtalkradio.com slash highstakeslowdown. You can also go to rotaviz.com slash podcast. It's listed there, both places. Uh, it's also on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can check it out pretty much anywhere you can download podcasts. You will find the latest episode with yours truly and Craig Mastro, the Mastrodamus himself, the 17th place in the team in the Football Guys Players Championship, and he's got two top 100 Football Guys Players Championship teams as well. Great stuff from him, as always. Great insight into how he built these teams, how he's managing them, 
and what you need to be doing to become a better high-stakes fantasy football owner as well. I'm sitting next to a pretty good high-stakes fantasy football team owner himself, Dave Gerzak, former six-figure prize winner, the man, the myth, the legend, the dizzle. How's it going? It's going well, Buffy. How are you? I am excited for this weekend. Of course, it's Oktoberfest in downtown Appleton tomorrow. I can't wait to get down there and rip into a uh, tiger paw and uh, have some beer. It's going to be great. I don't usually go to that. Is that what people do? Uh, yeah, most, most. And you know what the thing is? When, that, does, when does it start? In the morning? 9 o'clock. starts tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. And uh, what's going to be rough this year is there is no Badgers game tomorrow because they're on a bye. So the streets of downtown Appleton will be packed. It's going to be insane. So then people just go and drink and eat all day long and all night long. And Typically, all I mean, you can drink. What do they do otherwise? Are cars, like old cars? Well, you right? know, the farmer's market, like the, tonight was the license to cruise. That's when they had all the old right. cars out. Um, typically, in the morning, you know, the farmer's market is, is, is normally taking place there every Saturday morning. So all those vendors will be there. And it's more, normally like you, you kind of load up on food in the morning, coffee, what have you. You will see a handful of people drinking, but usually their drinking doesn't start to like, it gets pretty heavy around like noon. 10, There's probably like six or seven music stages or, you know, right. uh, of live music down there, so that'll be cool. And uh, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a great day. Great, well, have fun. Nobody cares about that. Let's get into bringing on tonight's guests, ladies and gentlemen, these two guys and their third manager, Kogan, met a decade ago when Joe was asked by a friend to play in his accounting firm's longstanding work league. They each uh, then started playing in the Football Guys Players Championship, discussing the different approaches that each of them had with their teams. But about five years ago, they said, screw it, let's combine forces and co-manage some teams together. The approach stuck, Dave. They find themselves in both second and 12th place in the 2018 FPC. They're here to tell us all about it. Please welcome in the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Joe Parrish. And Mike Grabner, uh, Mike Grabner, excuse me, uh, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight from the from the heartland of America. What's up, fellas? It's a pleasure to be on here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, anytime we can get somebody with not not just one team in the top fifteen, but we get two teams in the yeah. top fifteen. That's pretty insane. Two top twelve teams. Very excited to uh, pick your guys' uh, brains over the next half hour. Before we get into doing that, cool. uh, Joe, tell the listeners uh, what you do for a living, and then Mike, go ahead and tell us your occupation. Sure. I am a uh, business intelligence analyst for a marketing firm in Kansas City. Basically, I take uh, data sets and meld them together and attempt to glean some insights to drive business decisions. So in essence, it's very similar to this fantasy football stuff. So a lot of the stuff I do during the day, I do at night, too, just staring at uh, teams and players and whatnot. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm a CPA at an accounting firm. So again, analytical mind, I guess. And uh, I think this is kind of why uh, our our team approach here works so well is even though we look at things differently, uh, we, we bring more of an analytical kind of mindset to, to our teams here. Joe Parrish, Mike Graber, clearly on the cutting edge of crunching the numbers and using them properly. It's basically what you need to do to be successful. <laughs> hey, shout, out to the, shout out to the Tim Key squads out there for all us accountants, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, you guys, you guys follow up. Uh, well, the reason you guys do well, though, is honestly, you don't have anything to do after April 15th. So, like, nine <laughs> months, there's nothing going on, right? That is true. Absolutely. That's all, <laughs> yeah, that's all I do is a third uh, dive right into the NFL draft, and then we just go from there. So, 
Yep. Well, if you be a CPA, is like, it's like a reverse of being a teacher. Well, the teachers work for nine months and then sit around for three months. CPAs work for like four months and then sit around for eight months. You know, we've had – this is you – know, That's Mike totally what Mike does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you don't have any clients to file the returns late or maybe some criminals that you're representing that you know, are getting audited or whatnot. I'm sure you don't have to deal with that ever. Nope, never, never. <laughs> All right, Paul, you go ahead. Yeah, Mike follows in a long line of, of uh, successful accountants we've had on this show. I think of Danny we, Mueller. That's fun. has been on this show multiple times. Uh, Shelly Fossum has been on this show. She's uh, obviously, I, I, could, I always try Joe to Del get... Nero. Uh, Joe Del Joe Del is another one. But he I, might be, Joe might be part mobster, so you don't go longer. We don't need to get into that. I, always, well, I, I remember I always made the mistake. I did it two years in a row. I tried to get Shelly on the high stakes lowdown. And it was right around tax time. She's like, why do you keep emailing me now? I cannot do the show right now. So I get it. That's totally cool and, and awesome to have you guys uh, both on tonight. Dave, go ahead. You have a, you have a question for Joe. Yeah, so you guys are in second place, uh, in one of your teams is. Uh, you took Juju Smith-Schuster. He's been crushing it so far. He's gone over 100 yards receiving every week. No signs of slowing down. Uh, do you think, I mean, he's just going to be a no-brainer star for you to the race in the season. Do you, you see any reason to bench him whatsoever? Um, I don't think so. He's averaged uh, almost 13 targets a game, which is like absurdly high for a number two receiver. And he's like, uh, when I was like crunching the numbers, it was really interesting to see that he catches 71% of his targets for through the first three games, whereas uh, AB has had more targets, like three or four more, I think, but he's only caught 57% of his targets. So it's like we're getting a lot of juice out of that WR2, out of Juju. Um, the only hesitation that we had going in was uh, getting a new offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. We just didn't really know what their offense was going to look like. <clears throat> but then looking at all the uh, the numbers through the first three games, it's been we've been uh, uh, happy to see Juju step up and uh, do his thing. I mean, he's a really talented dude. Obviously, we've seen uh, the Steelers play our Chiefs a couple times over the last few years, and uh, – uh, he's just a really good player. So, yeah, he's definitely going to be in our starting lineup, except for uh, on that bye week. I, I should mention, too, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a, one, a longtime listener who's been not only on the slowdown but on the HSFF Power, Aunt Jemima, in the chat room right now, also a CPA. I mean, one of the most just, successful yeah. uh, fantasy uh, players out there. Did you just call it the slowdown? I call it the slowdown a lot on the show because it's sort of a running joke that it's, you know. And you know what's funny about the that? High I, when I went to the website and at <laughs> blogtalkradio.com slash high stakes slowdown, it, 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 that's all, it's how it read to me. It's all one word. It's just like high stakes uh, slowdown. Uh, okay, awesome stuff. Okay, I want to, let's, um, before we get deeper into this, you guys are obviously Chiefs fans, and I don't think we have any like mm-hmm. Chiefs specific questions here. But, Joe, I'll, I'll throw this to you, and then Mike, feel free to chime in on this because I want to pick both your brains on this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Holy cow. I mean, this guy is just setting the league on fire right now. Anybody who drafted him as their backup quarterback probably started him above whoever they drafted as their starter last week and this week. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Simeon Watkins even look like they can't be stopped. Your read on this offense as how, how far it, it can keep this up at this level throughout the NFL season. Well, as you know, like Andy Reid is such a dynamic head coach with running the plays, and 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 we we've seen each week uh, him devise a plan to get guys open. Um, even the first week when uh, Mahomes had all those touchdowns, two of them were just little pitches in front of him to DeAnthony Thomas and Tyreek Hill that were just like, how in the heck did that happen? It was just great, and so. Uh, I feel like Andy Reid is like a kid in a candy store with Mahomes' quarterback, and he can run anything, and the kid 
knows it and he does it and he just runs it like a seasoned veteran it's uh pretty neat to see since uh we've been Chiefs fans our whole lives we haven't seen the greatest quarterback play throughout our uh our lives but we're finally like oh this is what the Green Bay Packers feel like all those years and this is what the Patriots feel like it's pretty cool I like it so I'm pretty excited he could be the quarterback until I'm old and gray so uh let's do it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can just still see the growth that Mahomes can still, you know, bring. You know, he's still he's missing some reads, he's missing some throws, but his arm talent is frankly off the charts. He's not scared. He's got that swagger about him. Uh, I mean, there's just nothing but upside. And and as I think, uh, you know, the whole kid in the candy store is, we got a lot of candy out there between all the different players to go run and um, and just get it wide open and just keep running. And I think, you know, they see that in the news a lot in the press conferences is Sammy Watkins and Tyreek, they just, they keep running, keep running. And if, you know, as soon as they get that separation, Mahomes is just letting it fly. So it's, it's fun. It's, you know, sure. There's something to be said about old school defensive football. There's, you know, 10 to nine games, but these 35 point, 42 point blowouts are, are a lot more uh, fun for us Chiefs fans. And, I'd just like to say in our local league here, talk a little smack. I did draft Patrick Mahomes in the uh, 14th nice. round as my backup uh, backup quarterback, and he's yeah, he firmly firmly entrenched in that starting position now. You know, Mike, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I think the other thing that kind of works from a fantasy perspective with the Chiefs, this is not the Chiefs defense that, that we had been accustomed to seeing you know, in the playoffs wow. over the last few years where they had all these playmakers. Obviously, that'll, that'll probably change once, once Eric Berry gets healthy and, and gets, gets back out there. But I think that the defense, um, you know, the fact that, that the Chiefs are kind of a quick-strike offense, can score wherever, not only does the defense not get a chance to, to rest all that much, but they're, they're not all the, as talented as, as we've been accustomed to seeing there. So I think that works, in the, at least for the, from a fantasy perspective, in favor of all those Chiefs playmakers. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of possessions uh, for you know, both sides uh, all year long uh, here with the way this Chiefs team, you know, the roster has been constructed. So Derek Thomas isn't walking through that door, and, uh, you know, it's going to be <clears> – <throat> It's going to be a lot of, you know, just bet the overs on the other side if you're in Vegas. So, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, you guys are switching it to the Packers backfield conversation now. You, you grabbed a piece of it, nabbing Ty Montgomery in the 11th round with this second-place team. Do you think we're going to see any clarity anytime soon with one of these Packers running back stepping forward? Or do fantasy owners just need an injury from Montgomery, Williams, or Jones uh, for one of those guys to enter that sort of top 12, top 15 running back territory? Yeah, I think unfortunately it's going to be the latter. Uh, you're just we're just going to have to have an injury because it, it seems like they're just going to be designing their uh, the running game around whatever the specific game script is. And so unless you're sitting there in the meeting rooms, you're just not going to have a great idea. You know, we we grabbed Ty Montgomery just because of more. He obviously knows how to catch the ball and uh, is a little bit more we feel like versatile um, and fits into different parts of their offense more than just a traditional running back. But we weren't in any way they can we were getting some super value by by taking him it was more just a a play to get him on our roster and then you know not that you want to wish an injury on anyone but um something happens we got him we got him rostered you know that you just see the news every day it doesn't you know there's just no there's just not gonna be any clarity they're asking more for aaron jones but he's you know he's not really getting that many touches and so it's just hard to it, it it's hard to really confidently start start him unless you just don't have any other options due to bye weeks or injuries. 
Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the Detroit Lions, same division. Uh, let's talk about Kenny Galladay. You guys took him in the 12th round. Yeah. Actually, after three weeks. Three weeks. He's wide receiver 13 in the NFL. Golden Tate is wide receiver 20. So what do you think? Uh, and Marvin Jones isn't quite up there yet. But uh, what do you think the chances are he ends up as a top Lions wideout, wideout for the end of, by the end of the year? I think there's a great chance. He's already, you know, he's already seeing uh, way more snaps than the alleged Showtime Golden Tate. Uh, you know, you know, Mar- Marvin Jones is, is going to continue to get, he's going to continue to obviously get a lot of looks uh, by Stafford. Uh, you know, it's a little concerning, you know, uh, as much as Detroit actually ran the ball as a fantasy owner uh, last week, but you know, I think they're going to, you know, they're not a great team. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. They're going to be throwing them. Uh, you know, Stafford's going to be using his arms. So, yeah, I think Kenny Galladay has a great chance. I love second-year wide receivers. Uh, there's a lot of upside with them, uh, and we were pretty excited with that pick. Well, the other thing you have to really kind of like is with Ebron gone and actually producing it with the Colts, uh, you know, Luke Wilson hasn't really stepped up at tight end. So, they, really, they're compelled when they look for pass catchers to really get all three of those playmakers out there at one time, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they don't, you know, they have, you know, again, this is another situation where there's just running backs galore and you have no idea who to start, but a lot of their running backs aren't going to be, you know, catching a lot of balls either. You you don't have like some of those other like Chris Thompson types that are seeing a lot of snaps. So, you know, Stafford's going to throw the ball. Someone's got to catch it. So yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about having him on our squad where, where we drafted him at. Joe Parrish and Mike Graber joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak, Joe and Mike in second place and 12th place in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into week four. And I want to talk to you uh, about Tavon Austin here, Joe. Tell us a little oh, bit. We, of... we switched him to wide receiver just now. Seriously? No. Oh, my gosh. Why would you give me a heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> I need some sort of heads up on that. That would mess up our whole stuff. All right, go ahead. You know, Sorry. I'll, I'll tell you this. For anybody who thinks, because I'll get emails all the time from um, from players and and um, you know talking about like, hey, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? And I, and I answer them the best I can, but there's some that I just like, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll try to find out for you. And people are like, oh, come on, you you know everything that's going on there. This is example A of I am just the low man on the totem pole here, and everything rolls downhill to me. So I am finding it out. We don't change player positions after training camp. That's what shocked me, but I don't know what you guys are capable of. So when you're bring... not capable of doing that. Okay, all right, fair enough. Let's let's move on. Tavon Austin. You, picked, you guys picked him up on Wednesday night, Joe. He's been making a, a couple of really big scoring plays for the Cowboys already here in the first quarter of the season. Do you think he can actually build on that and maybe do more? Or if you're starting him, you know, as a bye week filler or anything like that, you just have to hope he gets in the end zone every week, if, you know, on those weeks where he's in your starting lineup for any kind of fantasy value. That's 100% right. We picked up uh, Tavon mainly for running back depth. It's a strategy that we have. Um, I like third, fourth, fifth uh, running back slot. Sometimes we become a revolving door because we're we're, uh, waiting on on some of our running back depth in our draft. So um, uh, in that uh, league particularly, we're we're needing a little bit more depth there. And when Tavon Austin was there, we decided to pick him up. Now, he's a playmaker. He's not a great playmaker. There's not a lot of uh, guys in Dallas that are playmakers anymore there. Uh, so we thought that um, 
in the chance that we need to start him on a bye or with injuries, like uh, we would be banking on that uh, touchdown. But hopefully we don't even need to start him um, because we have other guys that are uh, picking up foot in the bill and all that jazz. Honestly, we were hoping for Tariq Cohen to uh, bust out a little bit more than he has, actually a lot more than he has. So our backup running back <laughs> slots is something we'll be keeping an eye on the next few weeks because um, we have Cohen and I think two of our leagues, and you know he just hasn't been performing, so we just can't play him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you cannot play him. Yeah, for sure. But I, yeah. I do like Austin Ball. Do you have him anywhere? I have him. I, you know, I'm trying to think if I had him in the Scott Fishbowl or not, and I don't think I do. But I know I have him somewhere in, yeah. one, in one of my leagues. I obviously haven't deployed him yet, but yeah. the, the bye week gauntlet has begun, so yeah. it, it's going to be, you know, at yep. some point, I'm sure I will deploy him. So Joe, you guys grabbed a couple of crappy players: Alvin, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> and uh, Adam Thielen. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, you know, like pretty much like all the guys you drafted have to have been killing it to be second place out of 7,800 teams. But so, what about those two players? Uh, we had this big Thielen, uh, Thielen Diggs debate on the way down to Kentucky, and uh, it was pretty up in the air. We weren't quite sure which way to go. But you guys went with Thielen, maybe you didn't have a choice for Diggs. But what about these two guys? Had you targeting them over other players being drafted right in that area? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, we have. Uh, Thielen and three of our four, if I'm not mistaken, and in each one of them, he kind of fell to us. Like, Diggs would get taken around the turn five or six spots before us, and we're like, well, that makes it easy for us. So, like, every draft that we had, Diggs got taken before Thielen. It'd be like Diggs and Hill and Mike Evans, and then it'd get to us, and we're like, well, Thielen's there, and we rolled with him in, in, in multiple leagues, and, you know, and Kamara was our, you know, first-round pick in, in those drafts. And Kamara has 38 targets through three weeks, which is insane. And uh, Thielen's low target game is weeks one and last night, and that's 12 targets. So they're just getting the opportunities. Like, we look for a lot of guys that get those opportunities and offenses that are going to score points, move the ball, and give the guy the, op- uh, the opportunities to score points in this league because it's um, – where we dictate our style to the to, to the the way the system is set up, and so uh, we just gravitate those types of players. Um, uh, one of the biggest drivers in our success this year and last is like we don't really care about having too many players on a team. When we first got the, this, when we first started doing these uh, with each other, we we would kind of, oh we got this guy in another league, so let's not draft him in this league. But then we kind of learned that was a very naive thing to do. If we want good, we, if we want the best players, we just grab them, and it doesn't matter if we have them in another league. And so that's really like kind of open up the uh, the doors for us to do perform better on a consistent basis across uh, multiple leagues. And uh, uh, one thing about the targets, if a team is too efficient, then you know the numbers may not show how good they'll perform. So like. Like Tyreek Hill only has 19 targets through three weeks, but we know he's a stud and we're going to play him. But, like, we do gravitate more towards guys like a, a Thielen who is going to definitely get the opportunities and get those targets. It's just insane when you kind of look at the data on, on the computer. It's like, man, the numbers just stick out for a guy like Thielen and a guy like Kamara. Now with uh, Ingram coming back, we don't know how much it's going to hurt Kamara, but obviously he was a stud last year too. So we're hoping it doesn't damper him nor Breeze because we have Breeze in a couple of weeks. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's weird to think about this, too, but because a lot of, you know, the, the anti-Chimera, not that you, anybody was anti-Chimera this year, but there was a significant portion of the fantasy industry that thought he would not be as efficient as he was in 2017, which is fair. I mean, that, 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 I mean he was hyper, hyper efficient last year. And now you look at it, it's like he, 
it, when Ingram comes back, we're looking at like, okay, well, he might drop down to the level he was in 2017 because that's how awesome he's been yeah. in 2018. It's just like, and like his, his, his floor continues to get higher and higher and higher. His floor is like the penthouse right now, Dave. It's insane. <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I don't even know what to say anymore about Alvin Kamara. Uh, on the flip side of a team that has not been as efficient as, as uh, Alvin Kamara's uh, Saints have been this year, Mike, Arizona has mostly been a fantasy wasteland so far this uh, young season. David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, both underwhelming uh, for people who invested high round draft picks in those guys. What are the chances, in your opinion, that Josh Rosen can turn things around as he makes his first start in the NFL this weekend? And how integral will young guys like tight end Ricky Seals-Jones, wide receiver Christian Kirk, two guys that actually you had, you had drafted on your team in 12th place, how, how integral will they be if this Arizona team starts to begin to chew up yardage and put points on the board? Yeah, yeah. So – Josh Rosen is going to be – well, he can't be any worse than, you know, what's Sam Bradford's nickname, Checkdown, Sam Checkdown Bradford. So I'm interested to see – he came from, you know, UCLA, I believe. Is that right? And, you know, he really yes, could fling the ball out there. Uh, and to me, with young quarterbacks, their first, second year, you know, Mahomes, you see it with him, and I talked about his swagger. To be successful in the NFL as a young quarterback, you've got to have that swagger. And so I'm interested to see if he can. He has that confidence and swagger to really push the ball down the field because that's really, I think, what they're missing. Uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald obviously can't get that kind of separation down the field anymore, but he's he, he's really really good still uh, with being able to you know move the chains. You know, those 10, 12, 15 yard passes, but uh, they need someone to you know to stretch the field, and that's kind of I think what's been hurting David Johnson as well is you know they can just stack the box with uh, Sam Bradford. Yeah, when he was in there, uh, you know, going to the next, you know, with the two young guys. So the three of us, when we draft, we tend to navigate towards certain players. And so we started joking around like, hey, you're always talking about this guy, Joe. Why don't you go buy a jersey? Joe's jersey guy this year <laughs> and in the later rounds was Ricky Seals-Jones. He loves RSJ. Ricky Seals-Jones. Yes, RSJ. <laughs> like, we're going to get him a jersey, I swear. Uh, and so – so, so he was talking up Ricky Seals-Jones, and a lot of that was because of check down Sam Bradford. And we thought we were, he was going to be getting a lot of targets just because Sam Bradford doesn't like to push the ball down the field. Uh, we're pretty excited about him and Christian Kirk's athleticism. Uh, you know, learning the route trees uh, as wide receivers and tight ends is tough, and it's, it's, it's kind of drinking from the fire hose a little bit, if you will, in the NFL from going to college. But uh, we really like their athleticism and upside, and Hopefully, you know, they were catching a lot of balls from uh, Rosen in the offseason and kind of building up some of that repertoire, whereas Bradford, you know, is probably, you know, maybe not as involved or, you know, trying to put the extra time in. I don't know, but uh, that's our optimism coming through. That's a good take, actually. I like it. I mean, I, I really think Rosen's got to, I mean, he's got to go that direction. I mean, Bradford's just been such a train wreck. He, he can't be any worse, and I think he, he's actually going to be a pretty good NFL quarterback. I do too, actually. Um, so, yeah. you and Joe, this is for Mike, you and Joe both ran teams separately in a, in a football guys players championship when you started roughly a decade ago. We, fuck, you haven't been around for it. This hasn't been around for a decade. It's been around for roughly a decade, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I looked at my old and I saw 2010. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 2010, exactly. Roughly a decade. <laughs> Roughly a decade. If we're rounding up, we know how to do that. Yeah. So, 
What made you guys decide to combine forces rather than run your own squads? And then as a follow-up to that, uh, Mike, I'll let you comment. Uh, tell us about your most infamous or famous argument you've had over a player. Oh, man. Famous <laughs> argument. All right. We, we've got yeah, a few. Uh, so really how it came together... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're gonna we're gonna throw our third guy under the bus on well since since he's not on, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We were talking, and you know, we were always kind of comparing notes and talking the first couple of years, and you know, we kind of decided, you know what? Why don't we? Well, I'm an accountant, and you know, Geo's obviously a big analytics guy. Why don't we kind of do some risk distribution stuff here? We kind of think a lot alike, but we can help just bounce stuff off each other, and then. You know, it's kind of a resource as well around managing waivers and all that. And, you know, frankly, it's a little bit more fun, at least I think our personalities, to do it in a more of a team approach. And uh, just kind of a good excuse, too, to just kind of get together, catch up, uh, have a little fun. Usually we do two of these uh, just back-to-back. So then if the first draft runs long, it's like chaos for the first couple of rounds in the new and the next draft. But, uh, but no, it's just a good time. And, you know, we have the same mindset. Oh, man, biggest argument, biggest argument. I would say we've had a few out there. Uh, we all have our West Jersey Welker? guys. Wes Welker. Oh, Wes Welker. Stop the draft. Stop the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we all have our, you know, it's, 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 I would say we don't have any huge arguments. Uh, most of the time we've kind of changed our approach. We used to be a lot more heavy running back, uh, taking – two to three running backs in the first two to three rounds, or the first two to three rounds, we just take running backs. And uh, that, that strategy-wise is a large, we had, I would say, was our biggest serious discussions the last few years, and we've really kind of gravitated away from that to where we're at today. Um, but otherwise, just players themselves, we're outside of our jersey guys, as we like to call them, we don't have, we, there's never really, when we're trying to pick players, any real, I would say, any big argument blow-ups or anything. We're pretty Laid back kind of guys, so it all's well that ends well, Dave. Clearly, we seem like you're actually right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's almost like a marriage, obviously, well but um... <clears throat> that's a good way of putting it. We, I've, I've had, we've had other um, co-owners on this show before say that that it is a give and take, and and it is uh, some some sometimes a, a better marriage than their current marriages. <laughs> so, especially during fantasy season. Uh, let's get to some emails here. Uh, from uh, some of the listeners, and uh, Joe, I'll, I'll pitch this one to you first. Uh, this is from Jerry in Miami, Florida. He writes, hi, Joe and Mike. I'm not sure who to go with this weekend. I have both Christian McCaffrey and Chris Thompson on by. Would you play Peyton Barber at the Bears or Jamal Williams at home against the Bills as your second running back if you were me? Thanks so much, and thank you, Jerry, for the email. Appreciate that, Jerry in Miami, Florida. Joe, your thoughts here. And, Mike, feel free to chime in if you, if you agree or disagree. But uh, who's the better start? Is it Peyton Barber in Chicago, or is it Jamal Williams hosting Buffalo? That is a tough one. Um, the ceiling is real low on Peyton Barber. Um, you know he's going to get some carries, but he's, I mean, unless you get a score, he's not going to get too many points. And then uh, with Jamal Williams, um, obviously, like uh, Mike talked about a little bit ago, with the three-headed monster in Green Bay, that's um, – uh, doesn't have a lot of upside too. I probably pick Jamal Williams out of those two, mainly because he's a, to me he's a little bit more dynamic back. I just wish there was more clarity in the running back backfield to know how many catches or how many uh, 
rush he's going to have and if uh, which guy's going to be there down there on the um, goal line and the third down. And there's just not as much clarity. I owned a couple of them last year, and it was just very sporadic. I think uh, the best one that I had was when I started them was Aaron Jones because he just happened to get touched. And he had a couple of those huge weeks too. Um, but out of those two, I'd probably go with Jamal Williams. Mike, is it Jamal Williams for you as well? Yeah, it's I, I think so with Buffalo. And, you know, that Chicago defense is almost scary good right now. They're just playing hot. They're playing aggressive. And, uh, you know. Mike, I will pitch this next one here for you. I think, yeah, we got time to squeeze one more in. It's Will in Saginaw, Michigan. How's it going, guys? I'm loaded at running back in the Football Guys Players Championship, but am struggling at wideout. So I have to choose between Kenny Stills and Mike Williams for a start on Sunday. Which one would you two go with? Thank you for the email. That is Will in Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, Kenny Stills is, of course, at Foxborough taking on the Patriots this Sunday. And Mike Williams has one of the late games Sunday afternoon. He is at home against the Niners. In your opinion, Mike, who is the correct start here between Stills and Williams? Uh, this is where me and Joe would probably have a disagreement on because uh, I think he's a big Kenny Stills guy, so I'll defer to him. I I love Mike Williams' upside. I think he's finally healthy. He's uh, He's got some repertoire with Rivers, and, you know, I'm not scared at all with the Niners' defense. Um, it, he's seeing more and more. I don't have his uh, his snap counts or anything like that sitting in front of me, but he's just he's, he's a playmaker. And he's going to see the ball a lot this week. And I, I just think uh, I, I, I would push for Mike Williams. And then, you know, Joe can uh, chime in and talk about why he thinks Kenny Stills is the man. Yeah, and I'm actually going to provide some numbers. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> of course you will. Of course you will. <laughs> So I would definitely pick Kenny Stills, and here's why, against New England. New England ranks 30th in football outsiders DVOA versus number one ride receivers after three weeks. And you have to think New England is pretty pissed of losing their last two games on the road. So I imagine Miami's going to be playing from behind after those two straight losses from New England. So Tannehill should be passing a lot, and I think Stills is going to get a lot of opportunities, at least to get the deep ball. Hopefully he catches one or two, and you know all he has to do is that, and he's got a great fantasy day. Hey, did we lose you guys? Yeah, I'm sorry, we had some tech issues. Uh, we're uh, we're back now, I think. Yeah, we're good. Oh, okay. We're live. Oh, cool. I was like, if you did, you um, know, if you needed uh, Joe and I to carry the show for a little while, we we could do so. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, clearly. And, and I will say this: as far as we'll we'll bring up the the hard numbers here, Mike had brought it up with Mike Williams. Uh, his snap counts: week one, forty-four; week. 239 week 335 so he's actually his snap count has actually gone down um, from a hard number aspect however uh, the percentage has actually gone up from 54% in week one up to 68 and 67% the last two weeks so uh, you know he's he's obviously coming on Dave I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on Mike Williams versus Kenny Stills this week it's it's razor thin for me 
I would probably lean Stills just because of the fact that they are a six-point dog, 48 over/under. So I do agree that the Dolphins are going to be passing a lot. Versus the uh, the other game, the Chargers are a 10-point favorite, so I could see Melvin Gordon getting more involved and perhaps a little bit less second-half passing if it goes according to script. Which you know, NFL. I mean, you, you know, you have a 17-point favorite that gets destroyed on the you know at home like the Vikings did. So anything can happen, but I, I would probably lean Stills myself. You uh, yeah, obviously, um, Mike and Joe just carried the show uh, for us, and we'd certainly appreciate that. They've been very gracious with their time. Let's give them one more question before uh, we, we let them go on their merry way on this uh, gorgeous Friday night. All right, so uh, let's see. We're starting with uh, Joe here. So, Joe, we're looking, first of all, for an early-round stud that you think you uh, might want to bench possibly this weekend, as well as a later-round sleeper that deserves to be in lineups this week. And then uh, you can go with your two players, and Mike uh, gives his own two that are different from Joe. Sure. Um, the, the early round stud that I might not start, it'd be hard not to start a guy that you drafted in the first round in week four, but uh, if you don't have better options. But the guy I'd pick would be Jordan Howard. His quarterback in Trubisky has just been kind of weighing him down from watching a couple of those uh, games on TV. Just They just do not have a dynamic offense right now. You would think they would with uh, Nagy coming from Kansas City and going to coach there, but they just uh, haven't been – uh, getting a lot of open space and they haven't been moving the ball as well as you think that they would. So uh, my, my answer there would be uh, Jordan Howard. Um, and then uh, the lower round sleeper would, would be Kenny Stills, but I got another one for you in Tyler Boyd for a similar reason. Um, Atlanta is 23rd in defensive DVOA, not only against uh, wide receiver ones, but also wide receiver twos. So even if uh, A.J. Green does play, he probably won't be 100% with that groin injury. So Boyd will still get a lot of the opportunities to be open. And we know, like in, uh, we've seen a lot in the, in the news and whatnot, that Atlanta has seen a share of injuries on the defensive side. And they're probably pretty fiery from losing that game in OT last week at home to New Orleans. So since he should be playing catch-up, so I think Tyler Boyd will get a lot of opportunities this week. Atlanta seems to lose a defensive player every a defensive starter every single week. Oh, to, no, uh, some sort of season long injury. It's not even like a like a short term thing. So it's been crazy. And the thing is with Atlanta too, they have all those playmakers on offense: Coleman and Ridley and Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, a capable quarterback. So they could be involved in a lot of shootouts going forward for the remainder of the season. Mike, go ahead uh, and, and let us know your uh, your Boston sleeper for Week Four. Well, yeah, so I'm going to kind of just piggyback on my on the Arizona Cardinals talk uh, earlier, and it's, you know, it's got to be David Johnson. Uh, we got the new quarterback coming in with Josh Rosen. You know, we're going to, he's going to be seeing eight, nine people in the box. They're just going to be, you know, Darren Rosen to, to step up and make big-time throws. And uh, I, I, unless he gets, you know, just happens to break free and get a 60-yard type run down the sideline for a touchdown or something, I just don't see I just see a very low, low ceiling, you know, somewhere in the range of like even below 10, 10 fantasy points in this league, uh, unless he just happens to catch the ball, you know, 15 times for 25 yards. Um, my upside guy is this is one of my own jerseys, if you will, and that's Michael Crabtree <laughs> for uh, for Baltimore this Most week. Definitely. So I uh, I was a Crabtree fan watching him at Texas Tech uh, way back in the day, and it just always kind of liked his career, even uh, even though he was at Oakland all those years. Uh, you know, he's going against Pittsburgh, and then I think if anyone watched the Chiefs-Pittsburgh game, that wasn't just Mahomes lighting, lighting them up. They're just awful right now in the secondary. Uh, Crabtree is going to see a lot of balls. 
Uh, he's a possessions receiver, but he catches the ball. He knows how to get free in the end zone. I think it's going to be a tennis match type game going up and down the field. And uh, uh, he, he, to me, he's a, he's kind of your second flex type starter this week. I like it, guys. Well-reasoned, well-thought-out. I think that's going to pan out for a lot of fantasy owners this week, and things have certainly been panning out for you. Thus far, through three weeks, Joe Parrish and Mike Graber, thank you so much for uh, joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Best of luck to you and and both these top 12 teams, as well as all your teams, uh, the rest of the way. Really appreciate it, guys. It was a lot of fun. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey, gentlemen, thanks so much for having us on. Appreciate it so much, guys. Mm -hmm. Joe Parrish, Mike Graber, ladies and gentlemen, second and 12th place in the Football Guys Players Championship. Oh, you know what? You should have told them that you were rooting for their 12th place team to win. I think they know that. I think, well, they don't need the second place team to be rooted (laughs) for. I mean, that's already in second. Uh, The 12th place place team needs all the love. (laughs) And uh, I I think that was uh, most definitely clear. Good job. In that. Uh, So great stuff from them. I uh, want to get into the fantasy flash here right away as we're trying to uh, we're trying to you're kind of you're almost on time we're, we're trying to keep this into a tidy hour here and and uh, we're already battling some issues so let's get into it uh, I want to thank football guys Roto World Roto Pass and Rob for tonight's rundown on fantasy flash Leonard Fournette is uh, officially listed as questionable. A uh, breaking news that came in. Uh, apparently, he's going to be a game time decision against the New York Football Jets this week. He did not play in week two. I thought he was going to play in week three after getting three limited practices in. He gets held out this week, three more limited practices. And I got to believe that, that you know, he's in there this week. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think he's questionable. Still. Well, he is questionable. No, but I, I think he's really questionable. Still, like, oh, like, like a real 50-50, not some uh, BS questionable. Right. 80% plays, 90% plays. Um, okay, so your your thoughts on... I, 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 I thought so. I hope I have someone else. Hold, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'll put it this way. Percentage chance Leonard Fournette is out there this week. Like 50%. Literally 50%. That's my, I, that's my okay. current opinion. All right. Yeah, I, the problem with, with, with... Doug Marone has not been very honest, and this goes back to 2017 with Leonard Fournette's injury. He's a liar. He is kind of a liar, and, and it's, it's difficult to, to really gauge. Like our buddy Leroy, he's a liar, too. I would never say that. Lyra. Just it's say it's, we it's, know you're honest, buddy. It's difficult to really gauge what the Jacksonville Jaguars are thinking. You'd think a guy that has been out there practicing at least in a limited fashion three straight days is going to be out there, but you certainly can't count on it. Now, if you look at uh, where Fournette is in relation to the rest of the schedule, uh, this week, Jacksonville is actually playing a one o'clock game. So you'll, you know, have plenty of time and, and plenty of capability to, to slap somebody else in there. It doesn't sound like Yeldon is going to play this week, Dave. So maybe Corey Grant, if, if you have him, you can just deploy him if Fournette is out. I don't know if, it, if that's really all that exciting. What do you, what do you think is out there? I think it's better than 50. I, I, think okay. it's, I, I'm, I think I'm more on the 70 to 75% chance that, that he goes. And his bye week is week nine, so it's not impactful. It's not next week where then you'd be like, all right, you should really you know, coach to right. sit him. But, yeah, it's week nine. You know, one guy that I don't think I, I, I have anywhere on the, on the rundown tonight, Matt Brito, who actually, the quote, and I'll bring it up in a second, it sounds like he's going to be a true game-time decision and Matt Breida is obviously taking on the, the Chargers, as we talked about earlier. 
and that is a 425 game. So you That's will, scary. You, it's very scary. And let me see if I can bring up the quote here because it was very telling. Oftentimes you, when a player talks about his own injury status, they're, they're usually very positive and very like, look, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be playing, you know, and, and they kind of overrate their own health. Uh, in this case, Matt Breida was, was not very positive about uh, uh, about the possibility of him being out there. I'm going to get in a second. I, well, I, why are you looking up? Are you just I, got, I got it right here. Right, Matt Breida. I've got to feel comfortable. Uh, it's a long season. Um, and I guess that was, I, I mean, there was more to it, but those are the two yeah. major quotes. Around. But, I mean, that's not what you want to hear oh, from yeah, a guy yeah. who's playing in a late game. Um, Alfred Morris is certainly intriguing. Obviously, if you have both of them, I mean, you could play Brita, and then if he's not going to, going to go, Morris makes it for an interesting start. I am, uh, I'm, I am much less confident in Matt Brita being out there than I am in Leonard. I would agree with you there, too. I think he's out. All right. No one really sucks is- I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey this week, and I can't even play him. Christian McCaffrey still might catch four or five passes this he week. He might catch four or five. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. I know they're on by, but uh, <laughs> he's going to put up. Like, I think he's going to get double-digit PPR points. To quote, to quote Dr. Ian Malcolm from uh, Jurassic Park, <laughs> uh, uh, McCaffrey uh, finds a way. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you very much. That was much. very, very good. I like that. Uh, let's move on. Chaos theory, Baldy. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on and talk about uh, the Packers. Rob Demosky on Twitter, the ESPN Packers reporter. Uh, he had, this is some interesting stuff about Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb practiced fully on Wednesday. And then Thursday, limited participation. Maybe he got um, injured in practice. He did not practice at all today. Uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, when asked about Randall Cobb, it's unfortunate, but we'll see how it goes. He's Audi 5000. I would totally say that. I cannot believe he is going to be out there against Buffalo this week. Now, here's the thing. This opens up a lot of targets for a guy who's really been coming on, a guy who's been praised by Aaron Rodgers in the past, and a guy who's made some big plays already this year. Geronimo! Gimo! Geronimo Allison. Yeah. You know, my co-host on the show, which you can hear on 95, <laughs> 95.3 and 99.1, weekdays 2 to 3 Central. Time. Leo, by the way, your show is great, and really Leo is a star. Leo is, Leo, I, I Leo would, is great. He totally is, and I don't think there's anybody, including myself, that would disagree with that. But he, he said, uh, because Geronimo Allison is going to be the guest on the Scores Inside the Huddle program, which you can, if you want to attend it live, it'll be at Induzzi's on Holmgren Way in, in Green Bay. Mike, Hel- Mike Heller, Bill Sh- uh, Schrader, host that Geronimo Allison would be the guest, and Leo said he wanted to go there and ask Geronimo Allison, "Hey, what do you what do you what do you yell out when you jump out of an airplane? Do you just go me? <laughs> like, that was an awesome joke, Leo. So you know, but, you always read crap out radio jokes. That one's actually funny. Yeah, he didn't say that on the air. I wouldn't let him say that one on the air. <laughs> uh, but Geronimo Allison, sneaky flex. I mean, maybe you're missing um, sneaky flex might be Valdez Falling. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I'm not. I would rather play Allison than than Valdez well, for sure. Scantling. Falling, uh, uh, Scantling, whatever. Who gives a crap? So anyway, um, was in Caddyshack. That's, I'm going to call him Spalding. Fair enough. Forever. So maybe if you're missing, you know, a significant piece of your offense, maybe you're missing McCaffrey, Chris Thompson, Devin Funches, uh, you know, Jordan Reed, who's, who's been surprisingly healthy through three weeks. Um, Geronimo Allison is a guy that you could stick in as, as one of your flexes. I, I think there's worse ways to go, Dave. I feel actually quite comfortable playing Geronimo Allison. I, so it comes out for sure. I actually feel okay playing him if Cobb's playing well, here, well I, I, that's getting situation. a little crazy, but... But I mean, seriously, what, what is Allison's been solid? Well, you can look up his stats. 
Um, well, I say this. It is a 1 o'clock game, so you'll, you'll know by, you know, 1130 whether Randall Cobb is going to be out there or not. Dave and I are, you know, once again in the shadows of Lambeau Field here in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I can't believe that uh, there's been anything positive coming up. Well, I host this weekly or this daily afternoon show where, I'm, you know, I have to cover the Packers, and there's been nothing positive about Randall Cobb since, since Wednesday. So I, I got to believe he's going to be out. All right, so through three weeks, what do you think? What do you think? Rates. Fantasy point wise or I, ranking among receiver wise? It's pretty, it's pretty similar because there's not been a lot of injuries, so whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, as I would say, so so um, yeah, and, uh, let's say points per game basis through three weeks. Uh, you know, as amongst wide receivers, yeah. Top thirty, I'll say thirtieth. Yeah, he's uh, and Randall Cobb. What do you think Randall Cobb is? Um, I don't know, twenty fifth. Uh, Drown Allison is actually 25th. Oh, okay. And Randall Cobb is 34th. Oh, all right. That's surprising. After Cobb had that big week one, I guess he's just been quiet since then, huh? Well, he had the worst game of yeah. his career against Washington, the fumble and the two drops. You know, okay, that, that's one way to interpret Randall Cobb. Or you could say that he's gone back to being a 600-yard, four-touchdown receiver with the oddball game being week one. Yeah, that could be. That's one way to look at it. Either way, Dave. Extraordinarily small sample size. <laughs> sure is, buddy. Yeah. Moving on. Regress into the what? Mean. <laughs> Which is what you're being to me right now. We should regress into the median. Yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about a former Packers backup quarterback turned Super Bowl winning head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson. He actually said Jay Ajayi is good to go for week four against Tennessee. Thank you to Jeff McClain's Twitter account who uh, posted that. Now, here's what's interesting about this. I have never heard of a guy who is coming off a back fracture a week and a half ago as being good to go. Missed basically a game and a half thus far a, uh, due to a broken back. Dave, he wasn't even listed on the Eagles injury report today. A back fracture, not even listed on the report. Not questionable, not nothing. He's going to go, apparently. Sounds like Darren Sproles is going to be out, but remember Wendell Smallwood had a pretty successful week last week for the Eagles. I got to wonder if the volume is going to be there for Ajayi, and despite him being healthy enough to play, and despite him not being listed on the injury report, and despite him playing in a 1 o'clock game, I don't know if I'd be starting him this week. Well, I'd probably start him over Smallwood and friends. I would too. Well, yeah, I guess I would look through another direction. But I mean, if he's not in the interview report, it's like that just seems like the whole back fracture was fake. Well, maybe he got some acupuncture. That well, could be. I don't know. I, I know Mr. Miyagi passed. Maybe somebody, you know, passed on that formula of how to heal someone somehow instantly by rubbing your hands together and making like heat, and then yeah, I got it. And then you rub it on the back. Jeremy McNichols got signed off the genius. Jeremy McNichols got signed off the Colts practice squad this week, which does not bode well for Marlon Mack. Would you rather play Jay Ajayi or Jordan Wilkins? Ajayi. I might go Wilkins. I have Wilkins. Wilkins. Jay Ajayi or, or his real-life teammate Corey Clement? I don't like Clement, Clement at all. Clement, Clement, whatever you want to call him. By the way, that Ron Meyer trade with Clement and uh, – who did he trade? It was Clement and uh, Kenyon Drake and the 2019 first for Brandon Cooks. Meyer's looking like a genius. Yeah. That's right. Um, Jay Ajayi or Theo Riddick, who would you rather play? Ajayi. Jay Ajayi or Peyton Barber? Uh, I don't know. That's kind of close. I, I, I actually like Barber a little bit more than those guys did. I think Barber might be kind of okay. 
JJ or the similarly battered LaShawn McCoy? I'll take Shady. JJ or Tariq Cohen? Oh, John. JJ or the suddenly resurgent six carries for 42 yards <laughs> versus the Washington Redskins' Aaron Jones? Um, Ajay. I go Aaron Jones. JJ or Buck Allen at Pittsburgh? You know, Buck Allen's been hot, man. I'll, yeah. I'll go with Buck Allen. Yeah, I think I will, too. He's scoring, like, 18 points a game. Well, he's playing, like, you know, he's catching passes, and he's scoring touchdowns. Yeah, it's like, he's like, it's like he's, like, a good football player or something. Last one. J.J. or Austin Eckler? <laughs> I'll take a jockey. I'm taking Eckler. Come on! It's not even that close for me, quite frankly. If you want to put Why five on it, I'd be Fine, happy. I'll take a jockey over Eckler. I will have Austin Eckler as more fantasy points in week four. I got five on it. I got five on it. Fine. I got five on it. Four, no? You will be out on several plays where Austin Eckler will be piling up points. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. Eckler versus the Giant. I gotta get. I gotta get. Here's what I gotta do when he, when we make these bets. I gotta get that old WCW NWO clip of Scott Hall when he when he take the survey, um, and then you know the survey. Are you familiar with this when he take the survey? Who? Do you remember WCW and NWO? I, yeah, I remember it, but I don't remember it like vividly. Like okay. I wasn't like a dork. I, a lot of like, we're into, okay. like, you guys So obviously, like, a lot of people hated NWO, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So Scott Hall was a member of NWO. Would come out into the ring at some point during Nitro or whatever, and he'd say, "Now is about the time of the night we like to take a survey. How many out here of you came out here tonight to see WCW?" And everybody'd go crazy. And then he'd be like, "How many of you came out here to say NWO?" And everybody <laughs> would boo. And he's like. Survey says looks like another one for the good guy. You know, right? Yeah. That's what I got. I got to get that Scott Hall clip. Like, another win for the good guy. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we'll see what we can do on that. Okay. Sackler, by the way, he's had uh, 11 targets on the year. Guess how many catches he's had? 11. 11. Yep. Recovery target. Oh, he's the man. 163 yards rushing on 20 carries. Averaging 8 yards a carry. Yep. Balky, this is going to be a regression to the mean bet that you're going to cost you $5 because you're you're buying the I catch 100% of all targets and I average eight yards a carry wager. I think it's an extraordinarily large sample size to go off of, and I think this is who Austin Eckler is, Dave. You might be right. 20 carries. Austin Eckler. Alshon Jeffrey listed as questionable for week four against Tennessee. My, by the way, my policy is we shouldn't talk about a cracking player who never plays. So we should just move on. Allegedly, he's going to play this week, though. He, he was, sucks. He's not playing. He was cleared for contact earlier in the week. Now, he didn't practice. He practiced fully on Wednesday, but then he didn't practice at all yesterday oh, or afraid. today due to an illness, though, not, not because of any sort of injury. Um, so clearly, I think you're answering my question here. You're finding somebody else to play if you've got Alshon Jeffrey on your roster. I mean, if I'm decimated and my team's 0-3, I would look at Jeffrey, but otherwise, I mean, no way. I can't. He cannot be trusted. Alshon Jeffrey He's like or a Chinese comment. Cannot be trusted. <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey or the Cowboys quote unquote number one Alan Hearns. <laughs> I'll take Hearns, I don't care. Alshon, I'll take Beasley too. Alshon Jeffrey or uh, last year's Wunderkind for the Dolphins, Jakeem Grant. <laughs> Who do you have two for seventy got last year? Yeah, yeah, but he got in the end zone. Uh, I'll take Grant. I'll Here's, take Grant against the, against the Patriots defense, sure. Here's one for you. A guy who allegedly is going to be playing on two bad knees, who, who's got uh, two worse knees than, than Ed Rooney. No, oh. Doug Baldwin. Who would you rather play between Baldwin, Baldwin and Jeffrey? Is, you know, if Baldwin starts, I'll start Baldwin. That's what he says, that he's, he's going to play. I, you know, I'm trying to find <laughs> Fitz everywhere I can, so I, I, I might actually really? play Jeffrey over Fitz. Fitz is, like, questionable, you know, I don't know. Scared about Fitz. Fitz, Fitz only has two targets. Fitz is going to play. 
Uh, Richard Matthews no longer on the Tennessee Titans. Alshon, I, would, I would start Jeffrey over Matthews, yeah. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey or Taewon Taylor is where I was going with that one. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. I give Taewon Taylor a look. So. I just don't want to, I, don't, I really don't want to start Jeffrey. Okay, all right, fair enough. So he, if, they, if they come out and say he's starting, <laughs> his, his flu is gone and whatever, and he's fine, then yeah, I would look at Jeffrey. Okay. All right, fair enough. I, I'm mostly agreeing with you. I have him in one league, and, and I'm pretty deep at receiver in that league, so I haven't had to really consider it all that much. But, and you know, it's not like there's any like a, a ton of big-time receivers on by this week, so you should have the depth right just, now. Just Funches. Just Funches, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty time. That was a joke. Um, well, I mean, he honestly, he's actually a big receiver. He's, but he's, he, he's probably the best receiver on a bye this week. Is he not? Yeah, I mean, who else is it? Red Jameson Rangers? Crowder? Yeah, the Redskins are. I mean, no uh, or maybe you would say DJ Moore. Well, he's the best talent. <laughs> best talent, yeah. The team is too stupid to play more than 15 snaps a game. Yeah. They're just dumb. Uh, Jack Doyle is listed as out for week four against Houston. Thanks to Zach Keeper on Twitter for that. Eric Ebron uh, either did not practice or he was limited in practice on Wednesday, but it sounds like he's going to be good to go. Uh, last week against Philadelphia, Ebron did see 11 targets, but you know he wasn't going to catch more than half of them. He got <laughs> five of them for 33 yards. But, Dave, the volume is going to be there. I lost Evan Engram in a league, uh, actually in a few leagues, but one of them I had Eric Ebron. I feel pretty good about him this week. Yeah, I would, I would take that double E play over the double E player that's going to be out. Yeah, I, I'm just saying it's just from a – you know, a selfish standpoint, I'm feeling confident with him there. But I think you can roll out Eric Ebron as, you, as your starting tight end and feel all right about it this week. Yeah, I agree, actually. Once you get, uh, once you get rid of Doyle, it does help. Actually. I mean, if you don't have Kelsey or Gronk or Ertz, I mean, after that, who knows? I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, he's in that, like, Trey Burton, O.J. Howard range for me. I, I think he could have a, a very good week. Yeah, especially with redone, Bob. All right, let's get into uh, – Fantasy feedback, Rob, don't play it. We're running late again. So I don't even know why. Hey, Rob, don't make the show so long, you dummy. It's not, it's not Rob's fault. We talk too much. Oh, All right, Rich in Humble, Texas. Uh, what a game last night for the Rams. I know they won't do this every week, but between Goff, Cooks, Woods, and Cup, who is the most likely to come back down to earth more weeks than not going forward? Woods. Thanks for the email, Rich in Humble, Texas. You say Woods. Why do you say Robert Woods? Yes. Cook is a Pro Bowl caliber player in his prime, 24 years old, fantastic, $80 million contract. Cook was one of the top two wide receivers coming out, uh, top two wide receivers performance-wise last mm-hmm. year. He's currently, after four weeks, now, on a point-per-game basis, now this is includes his game yesterday, whatever, but it's points per game, so he played four games, other people played three, whatever. Juju Smith-Schuster was the other receiver that was awesome last year, a couple of the second one. Yeah. Juju is five, Cup is seven. So it just shows you. Yeah. This shows you when a rookie receiver is awesome, draft them the next year. That's yeah. it, right? Pound I mean, we the table. We should have been doing that. I mean, like, if you're after, I mean, but by I way, got Cup in a bunch of leagues. We were time. both advocating Juju and Cup. I think. I mean, I think that was fair to say. But Cup is a, a fantastic player. He had that one stat where he was like number one against press coverage and also number one against off coverage last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's proving that he's just a really damn good football player. And uh, so I think Woods, well, Woods is a good player. He's doing well. He's not going to receive as much coverage as the other two guys. I think he's the one that's going to suffer out of the three. Uh, that you're making uh, a lot of sense. Can I, can I make a race, my racist comment for the evening? Sure. Honky. He's a honky. Totally entertained <laughs> by that game last night. Yeah. Loved watching it. That was a fun, fun football game that was just great to watch. Cooper Cup stole the show for me. 
You know who he looked like out there? Who he reminded me of? <laughs> no. Don't think too hard. Walker? No. <laughs> a, a big, strong McCaffrey? guy. No, no, no. Big, strong receiver running crisp routes, uh, soft hands, getting the toes inbounds on that, on that touchdown catch. You know who he looked like to me, Dave, was Jordy Nelson. Oh, he yeah. looked a lot like Jordy Nelson last night. Not, not to say Jared Goff uh, looked like Aaron Rodgers. Jack Query. Goff looked great, too. Man, Rams offense. I, I want to see a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl. Play it right now. And then we'll play it again in February. It'd be so awesome to see. Hey, as long as the Chiefs win, I got them at 35 to 1 for 50 bucks in the Super Bowl. Congratulations. Good luck on that. I got the Panthers, too, about that same year. Nolan in Las Vegas, Nevada. Maybe he was there when you made the bet. What is up with Dalvin Cook tonight? Isn't this game flow more suited to him than Latavius Murray? Or is this the universe screaming at me that he's going to be a bust? Thank you, Nolan in Las Vegas, Nevada. They go to FSU, but I think he still could be okay. <coughs> Yeah, again, hilarious, Dave. <laughs> Dalvin Cook last night had 10 carries for 20 yards. I don't believe he caught a pass, and pretty much all his usage was in the first half. Are you at all concerned in a up-and-down, flying-all-over-the-place type game? Um, Dalvin Cook wasn't used more? Yeah, I am concerned about it because it just shows that they're really just kind of abandoning the running game. Octavius Murray wasn't very good last week either. Uh, so I, I think it, it is more the running, the running, run blocking for the offensive line. I admit I'm not really paying much attention to it, but all you have to look at, at the results. When you have star wide receivers, Thielen and Diggs, and you have Rudolph. Rudolph's funny because it's like he's not killing it, but he's like five for fifty. He's like well, he was another, he was another guy last night. Five catches for fifty-seven yards yeah, in the right. first half. Nothing in the second half. Yeah, so he's getting some production, but not enough to get too excited about. And you have Kirk Cousins throwing it all over. I, I think the team is looking at the pass game as their offensive weapon. You know, Dalvin Cook, he's still coming off an injury. Those ACLs are tricky. It doesn't necessarily mean he's all the way back yet. I think from a dynasty perspective, I'm looking at either buying Cook or definitely not selling. But from a redraft perspective, I can't be too excited about him. Right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Especially in the second round where you took him. I have concerns over Dalvin Cook going forward. You know, oftentimes we hear so often. Oftentimes we hear often. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Keep, cut that off. We cut that's that why we need The show is going too long. Um... <laughs> It's the second, it's the year after the, the recovery, you know, that you really see the full explosion. Because we'll go in the mid-third next year, and it'll be awesome probably. It is concerning that, you know, he is a pass catcher, and he was not out there in, um, you know, a, a fast-paced second half. So I, I think that you need to be concerned about that. Now, maybe it was simply, Dave, that he missed last week, they had the short week, and now they'll have a little bit longer time to prepare for next week, sure. I guess, against Philadelphia. Oof, that's scheduled for the Vikings. Uh, not, not, no bueno. Hey, welcome um, to have a tough schedule for once. Yeah. Um, so you have uh, him maybe um, getting some more rest this week. We'll have to see how it plays out. You're still starting him, in my opinion. It's just it, you got to, you might have to lower expectations. Yeah, better roll out a few. Yeah. Dear Dizzle and Bizzle, what's going on with the Bucks quarterback rotation, and who should be rostered between Fitz and Winst right now? <laughs> TIA Allen in Somerdale, New Jersey. Thank you for that colorful email, Allen. All right, Dave. I have Ryan Fitzpatrick in a few leagues, and uh, I, I'm, you know, I have no problem rolling him out there and keeping him on my roster while he's running hot as as he has been. I have Jameis Winston in one league, and it is the Scott Fishbowl where I also own Ryan Fitzpatrick. Huh. I, I have no problem soaking up two spots on one position essentially there. But there's there's going to be there's going. But I'm just using it as an example. Right. Right. Um, the, there's going to come a point in the season. A day of reckoning, would you say? A day of reckoning. 
where the clock strikes midnight. Jameis Winston will take that QB one position back. Sundown could be week six. Could yes, thank you. Maybe this is the reason why the show always <laughs> runs so long. Maybe it's week six. Maybe it's week ten. Maybe it's week fourteen. I don't know. But if it does happen sooner rather than later, it's Jameis Winston. If he is named the starter after their bye week on week five, if he's named the starter in week six, is, Fitz, is it okay to drop Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I think I, at that point, I think it's okay. Yeah, I, I would say so. Because, I mean, the team is, if that's where they're headed, that's where they're headed. Uh, I wouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves, though. I mean, you never know. Okay, let me ask you this. Let's say you're in a league where you waited on quarterback and you, had, you ended up with, like, um, Let's, or, or even you lost Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll say that. And you have your, your two quarterbacks in your roster are of the Fitzpatrick and Eli Manning ilk. Fitzpatrick and Marcus Mariota. Fitzpatrick and... I'm dumping Mariota. Okay. As much as I can. So if Winston is available, uh, you're trying to pick him up as your third quarterback. Yeah, I definitely would try to do that. Granted, with the week five bye coming, you don't really want to have just Fitzpatrick and... In Winston, uh, but yeah, you know, beyond that, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having him. Okay, there. all right, that's, yeah, that's what I was trying to get. Yeah, you have a spot for him. Don't don't keep us don't keep like the Houston defense around if you have another defense, and then uh, you know definitely don't do that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, hello, Wes and Julian. Could you play a Would You Rather with Josh Gordon for me, assuming he's active this weekend? Uh, thank you, Steve in Aurora, Colorado. Um, let's get into uh, Josh Gordon. Would you rather? I'm not going to play it because I'm go. Falling asleep here. Okay. I know, it's terrible. Uh, Josh Gordon or, okay, this is uh, assuming he's active. Well, let's let's tackle that first. Do you believe that he'll be active this week against Miami? See, honestly, I'm not really sure. I'm I'm not paying attention to his practice. He's questionable with a hamstring. hamstring. Um, Okay. If I had to guess, I would say no. Okay. Let's say he is active for the sake of this conversation. Josh Gordon or Brandon Marshall at the Cardinals. Josh Gordon, by the way, at home against the Dolphins. If he's active, I'll play Gordon. Marshall does not excite me. He's too boring. Low upside. Fair enough. I'll, I'll try to make things better. Josh Gordon or Quincy Inunua at Jacksonville. <laughs> at Jacksonville. At Jacksonville, yeah. Uh, I would start Gordon. I think there's some upside, though. I think I'd, I'd roll with Inunua there. Josh Gordon or Antonio Callaway at the Raiders. I'll start Callaway. I'm yeah. I'm super interested in seeing what Callaway does. Um, I felt like he could have had a huge game last time he played. It just didn't happen for him. I love Callaway. Love Callaway. I agree with you. Uh, Josh Gordon or Jordy Nelson against the Browns? <laughs> I'll start Jordy. I, 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 it's weird. If he's playing well, yeah. he had a huge game. I would actually go Gordon there. Josh Gordon or Chris Godwin at the Bears? Um, I'll start Gordon over Godwin. I'm not going to – that's that's a stupid one. Josh Gordon or Geronimo Allison against the Bills? I'll start Allison. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm guessing Cobb's out. Yeah. Um, okay, here's – this will be an interesting one for you. Josh Gordon or Corey Davis at home against the Eagles? <laughs> after uh, after what's-his-name abandoned ship, after Matthews abandoned yeah. ship, I'm, I'll actually start Corey Davis. I'll actually start – by the way, I'm really happy you declined that training challenge <laughs> yeah. with Corey Davis. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, Josh Gordon. Was that in Carrington? That was in Good Iron Legends. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. right. Um, Josh Gordon, this will be the last one. Uh, for a guy that you said you're trying to bench everywhere, Josh Gordon Fitz. or Larry Fitzgerald? I'll start Gordon or Fitz. I do not want to start Fitz this week. Two what? targets last week. He's hurt. Uh, but, but it's Rosen, though. Yeah, I mean, he's still only two against, targets last against week. Against the Legion of whom? Yeah, that's funny. 
yeah, it's not mine. That's that's been all over the internet. I mean, he's questionable with the hamstring. Fitz is not healthy. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I, for what it's worth, I would say. Granted, there. Granted, Gordon's not healthy either. Anything, so. Final email tonight. Craig in Stillwater, Minnesota. How concerned are you guys that we wrote off the Bills' offense too soon and there may be some fantasy value there with a few of their players? Skull! That is Craig in Stillwater, Minnesota. I think he thinks he might have written off the Bills a little bit too soon after they killed the Vikings <laughs> last week in Minnesota. Your thoughts on the Bills' fantasy players here, Dave, this week. Well, really going forward, is there any value with any of the guys, Allen, Benjamin, McCoy, uh, Charles Clay, Zay Jones? Oh. You know what? I think Allen, I mean, he's definitely going to give him jump starts to the offense. He's going to make some rookie mistakes. I don't mind shading McCoy. You know, I, think he's, I still think he's a talented player. If the team can pull it together, I think that he could be all right. I really don't like Benjamin's skill set. I don't like Zay Jones' skill set that much. Clay is just okay, so I just can't get too excited about the rest of them. But if Allen actually is rocketing the ball all over the field, even if he's throwing 55% completions, he's going to make somebody pretty relevant. I don't know who it's going to be. I guess I would have to guess Benjamin might be. You know who's going to make relevant this week, in my opinion? No. Packers defense and special teams. <laughs> That's true. I'm actually, I picked him up in a couple of I'm, I'm streaming him in a, in a bunch of spots this week. Uh, conversely, Dave, I had one Kentucky uh, league where my two quarterbacks were Jimmy Garoppolo and Eli Manning. Would you cut them both? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. I cut Eli, put in a bunch of bids on quarterback. You kept Garoppolo? Uh, uh, no, I kept Eli. Oh, Did I say I kept Garoppolo? No, I kept, I kept Eli Manning. Um, put in a bunch of bids on quarterbacks. You know who I ended up with? Uh, Dalton? Josh Allen. Oh, good. Yeah, I would have buy much for Dalton over Josh Allen. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, he looked good last week. Things, things to keep in mind last week. Minnesota's offensive line, no bueno. And the other thing, too, Kirk Cousins turned the ball over quite a bit last, year, uh, last week, gave the Bills a lot of short fields to work with. So I don't think we, we really sold, sold the Bills short thus far. I think they're, they're somewhere in the middle. They're not as bad as they were in weeks one and two. They're not as good as they were last week. We'll see what happens. I'm not excited about any Bills skill players. It just does show that, that even in the NFL, you can get a team that, has a, that just ignores they, – they saw that big spread, the Vikings – and they just gave it a big look ahead on, and they just ignored uh, the, the Rams Bills. game. Yeah, yeah, they just ignored the Bills completely, and they just blew it. It just it, it happens in college all the time. It even happens in the NFL. You know who's good at that? Mark Lawrence. Mark Lawrence's playbook. Is he the handicapper? That he was always good at the uh, look ahead game. Yeah. By the way, I got a notification during the show. I, I can't remember the exact Twitter handle, but it was like. Um, Kaffer Central is now following <laughs> you on Twitter. So I must have been tweeting out about like point spreads or something like One that. One of the Royals friends. Yeah, or that could be too. <laughs> I don't know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show. I want to thank uh, Joe Parrish, Mike Graver, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for tuning in on this Friday night and uh, listening to the show. We really appreciate uh, you guys uh, doing that. We'll be back live next week at 10, 9 Central on Friday. Get those Carolina and Washington players on your bench. Don't start them. They're on a bye. Except for you can start McCaffrey. He'll probably find a way to get 10 points for you this week. Good luck in week four. Enjoy the games everybody and uh of course your weekend can officially start now this has been another episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world eric and dave will be back next week with more analysis interviews and advice from a guest much smarter than they are thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again next week i hear fairy tales by how they gonna run up on me well run up when you see me then we gonna see I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take away.
You know, we made this wager with Austin Eckler. I'm actually starting him in two leagues this week. Are you really? I had... Um, He's been very productive. There, I, it's not a McCaffrey issue for me. It's um, it's an Adrian Peterson issue for me in one league, and it is a... What's wrong with Peterson? He's on bye. He's dead. No. And it's a Chris Thompson issue for me in another league. So I, I yeah, you know, you, you can poo-poo him all you want. He's been productive, I guess. Yeah. Well, hopefully that production continues for at least one more week. Poo-poo. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy week four, everybody. I agree with super giant. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.